Good morning. Welcome to Morning Bread, Season One. Devotion with Pastor Chris and another host on Book of Mark. Today, I'd like to welcome John again into our program. Good morning, John. Uh, good morning, Chris. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me on again. Yes, let's uh, say a prayer before we dive in our devotion today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the time we can spend together to come together to your word, to receive the word of yours, receive the word of life, and teach us through your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray. Amen. So today's Amen. devotion will be on uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 1 to verse 16. How about we start going through the devotion? Thank you, Chris. I, I really, really uh, enjoy the Word of God every time I read something. But this is a special story. Mm. Um, in Mark chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, listen to what it says. Then he arose there and came to a region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. And a multitude gathered to him again. As he was, uh, And as he was accustomed, he taught them again. Now, did you notice something, Chris, that... The Bible says a multitude came to him again. Why does a multitude come to Jesus? Mm. Because I want to tell you why. Because whoever Jesus touches, he changes. Amen. Amen. And Amen. they just were not, they couldn't resist. He that touched you and he healed you or by his words, he touched you and he went straight to your heart. Oh man, every time I read the word of God, no matter how my life has been touched by what is happening around me, I feel that the word of God, when I read it, it goes deep in my heart. And the multitudes couldn't help but stay away. They just mm. wanted to hear what he had to say. Mm. So either they were touched because he healed them or they were touched by what he had to say. But there was a problem. You know, in the time of the Pharisees, they had a problem with all this attention going to Jesus. Now listen to what it says in uh, verse 2. And the Pharisees came. Now that means that all the people were listening as well. And the Pharisees came and asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife testing him? So in other words, they saw all these people uh, watching Jesus and listening, and now they want to ask a curly question and see if they can make him look like a bad teacher so they can take the attention from him and give it back to themselves, which what they thought was the right place, right? Mm, mm, mm. And Isn't it interesting, huh? And it goes to verse 3 of chapter 10 in Mark, and it says, And he answered and said to them, uh, sorry, and he answered and said to them, uh, uh, What did Moses command you? Now, they knew they couldn't use the commentaries they were used to normally reading or their, their ideas. They had to use the laws of Moses. They figured it out by this point. And they said, hey, Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? You know, because Moses in um, Deuteronomy, I think it's 24, isn't it? One to three talks about divorce and That's one right. to four actually talks about uh, divorce and putting away your wife and so on. So what does Jesus do? They're testing him to see if he knows the scripture. Let's be honest. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't say, um, uh, he asked them a question. Uh, what did Moses command you, right? And mm -hmm. they said to him, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce to dismiss her. Mm. Now, did you notice that Jesus asked a question when they asked him a question? This is actually quite wise. Mm -hmm. A lot of wise people, uh, when they get asked a question, and I, in the old days, I never asked questions. I just answered and realized I didn't answer the right thing. <laughs> As I get a little bit older, <laughs> I, I've learned that when, when people ask a question, they sometimes don't mean the question they're asking. They're more interested in the way you answer it or they're interesting a thought about something else. So right. asking a question when someone asks you a question is actually quite wise. And uh, if, the direction. if you listen to – sorry? They change the direction of the, uh, of the thought. 
I've had this many times when I've asked, re-asked the question in a little bit different way. You find out they're not interested in that. They were interested in something totally different. Mm. But so he asked them what, and then they said, oh, but then they told him, yes, Moses gave us permission to give someone a a certificate of divorce. Wow. So you walk around with this piece of paper (laughs) and have a certificate and say, hey, I've got a right to be divorced. I mean, what was they? What did they mean by that? And Mm. verse five, listen to what it says in verse five. And Jesus answered and said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. It sounds to me, Chris, that they were looking for loopholes. That's right. uh, And to justify something. But they weren't really looking to to justify their loophole. They were really trying to trap him. Mm. Right. And then Jesus didn't answer the question they were asking. He went straight to the heart. He says, because of the hardness of your heart. Did you notice that? It's beautiful Mm -hmm. the way he puts it. And uh, often most people that ask us questions, especially if you're a pastor or someone who's a leader, whether or you're religious, they're actually looking for something that's in their heart. And Jesus identifies the sin in their hearts. But then he says something interesting. He says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Verse seven, for this reason, shall a man, uh, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Mm. Now, you know, I I, I like uh, I, my, I love going to weddings, and uh, I often refer to this when we do some counseling and help people in different ways. Mm. That what Jesus says from the beginning, <laughs> you know, when He says from the beginning. You know what he's really saying, don't you? Mm-hmm. He's referring he to that. the intention of God. Yeah, the reason God made us, and He made us male and female, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, a, a, among some in society, there's a dispute over that. But God made us man and woman. Mm-hmm. There is no third or fourth. It's just two people. And the Bible says, from the beginning, God made them male and female. Now, when He says male and female, He's really suggesting something interesting, that male. Last time I checked, is different from a female. Praise God, right? Praise God. And uh, <laughs> amen. Distinction. And it's clear. Yeah, and to, to that, <laughs> praise God. And they're more beautiful than us, Chris. They are just beautiful to look at, isn't that right? <laughs> and uh, I have two daughters, and I have a beautiful wife, and I am so glad they are different from us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, but he's saying now we know from science that our brain now before science told us we knew that we thought differently because <laughs> you know women have a different way of looking at it to men praise god <laughs> and mm. he's saying two different beings and they're they're sure they're both human right but they're two different beings and from two different perspectives with with you're right we both eat we both drink right we both mm. need to have exercise we we both need love but the way we see things is two different things mm. you know if i am looking towards the sunrise and I can see the sun and you're facing me and looking away from the sunrise, looking at the shadows it casts from the sunrise, we are seeing two different things, right? We are in the same position, same point in life. We're just standing at two different perspectives. And often it's just like that between uh, husband and wife. But mm. what I love about what Jesus is saying here is you're saying because two people are different, you are looking for a loophole for them to be broken apart. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. He's basically what he's saying to the Pharisees. That's right. But God, from the beginning, he says, for this reason shall a man leave his father and mother. Now, this is important. Leaving your father and mother and be joined to his wife. Now, 
that man or that woman belonged to her mum and dad, and right? They had their own relationship, and, and there were certain family rules. But the Bible says they need to leave that, because imagine, Chris, if uh, we brought all our rules together and then we just fight it, started fighting over our family rules from two different families. What a mess that would be. And the Bible says, and God says, and the two shall become what? One. one. Now, that word one, I looked it up in the original. Have you looked it up in, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, I think verse 24? It says the two shall become one. You, you know what that is, don't you? Mm-hmm. That word one means united. Absolutely. Now, I, I read one somewhere. Uh, uh, marriage isn't two people thinking the same. Mm. Now, some people think that, oh, we need to think the same. It's impossible. She's a woman and you're a man. It's impossible to think the same. But someone said like this, marriage isn't thinking the same, but it's thinking together. Amen. Together. So what Jesus is saying, he's, he's doing two things here. He's saying to them, listen, that divorce thing, it's not what you're saying. You're looking for loopholes to get two people apart. Mm-hmm. God had only one intention. You know, when I got married, Chris, can I tell you something about myself? I, when I, before I got married, I was really worried about who I choose. And, uh, and so I knew that this is a one way ticket. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wasn't coming out of it. And I, I wanted to make sure that whoever I chose or whoever chose me, depending how you look at it, right. Mm-hmm. That I made sure that I made the right decisions. I was looking for a way to stay together. And that's mm. what Jesus does. Now, Amen. some people, some people are, have no relationship, right? Not in a relationship. My counsel is, according to Jesus, make sure you get some good counsel, that you come together and find a good pastor, an elder, you know, someone like, you know, we've got a few people in, uh, in our church, praise God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you come together and try to be united and start thinking towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, and, if you, and if you're united in your thinking, Right, not thinking the same way, but thinking uh, united in thinking together, mm. right, which is different. So you got a problem. You don't. You can't have two brains thinking exactly the same thing. That would be a disaster because you'd never find a solution. You need someone to have a different perspective. You know, like as the Americans say, left field, something from a t- totally different perspective. And mm. and praise God for my wife. My wife is so smart. You know, when we have a problem and I think of it one way, she'll come out with something that. I had never thought about, and I just think, praise God, she's a woman. Otherwise, it was two people like me. It would be a disaster, you know? <laughs> amen. It's a bit of confession. Going. What do you mean by amen? You can't say amen. <laughs> hey, I experienced the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought you were talking about amen about my thinking. <laughs> hey, no, right. no, no. No, good, good man. And therefore, the Bible says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Mm. Uh, in the house, he's this, you know, like uh, he actually made a statement and just says, listen, God has joined thing, people together. In other words, make sure, first of all, that God has put you together. Mm. Now, the second thing is, make sure that you always remember that God has put you together. Amen. When you look at your wife, Chris, and I look at my wife, you know what I think? I think that's my, that God has brought her to me. That Amen. means that's God's gift to me. So if she says things I don't like, maybe I've said things to upset her. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you get what I mean? Mm-mm. So I need to be thinking about how I can look after the gift of God. Mm. If God doesn't change his mind, he doesn't say, look, have this wife today. In actual fact, no, this one's not good. Have another one tomorrow. He doesn't mm. do that. God does mm. not change, the Bible says. Right? That's right. But what if I'm not here condemning people who are divorced? Now, that's, that's just let me put that on the onset, mm. that some people are divorced and, and, uh, because no one's really given them counsel before they were married and no one given them counsel 
after they were married. And mm. I can accept that people have gone through divorce. And in my own families, in our own families, we know we've seen that in different parts. Mm. I'm not here to condemn people who are divorced. There is healing and, and there is there is strength in God. Don't worry. Amen. I, I am encouraging people who are married and are going through str- some struggle right now that uh, l- uh, look for ways to bring you together. If your wife or your husband is physically abusive, then God has not asked you to stay there and be beaten. I'm not telling you. If they're mm. verbally abusive, God is not asking you to be verbally abused every day because this isn't. Sometimes phys- verbal abuse can be just as traumatizing. Oh yeah. For long as as it is physically. So we're not Maybe justifying or protecting. Well, I don't know. You know, some some you know there are some physical violence that is small. I can't say small. It's never good, right? But there is uh, sometimes when it's verbal abuse, it actually can be traumatizing to you or your children. So God is not asking us to stay in a situation mm-hmm. like that. But either way, seek counsel, ask someone, get some help. You know, we are trying to encourage that. But what we are talking about here is, is uh, the wonderful plan that God has in his idea that two people tackle life's issues, thinking united on the same idea. We want the same outcome. We want to see uh, God's purpose done better in this marriage. We want to see God's purpose better in the church. And so husband and wife are working together. Mm. What a beautiful part of scripture, actually. Amen. So then, but, you know, this was about divorce, right? And the Bible says in verse 10, in the house, his disciples also asked him again about the same matter. So he said, listen to what Jesus clarifies. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman, if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, Mm. she commits adultery, right? Uh, so in other words, Jesus says, listen, first of all, a marriage is meant to be between two people, husband and wife. There is never a third person involved, especially Mm. when it comes to intimacy, right? Mm. Now, uh, intimacy could be just intimate thoughts. The marriage, the wife's intimate thoughts should be kept for her husband. and The husband's intimate thoughts should be kept for his wife. Just the thoughts. Mm -hmm. Not, we're not talking about lust. We're just talking about just heart. So it's important that the husband and wife have this intimacy with conversation. But Jesus says this is the only grounds for divorce. Mm. There's no other law. Now, I read some commentary that uh, that uh, if the wife is uh, now uh, 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 burns the, burns the food for her husband regularly, that was a, that was grounds for divorce. So that was some writing in some of the, the ancient uh, Jewish writings, you know. And so when Jesus said what he said. He said, forget about your loopholes. They're not justifiable. If your wife burns the food, then start cooking yourself and teach her how, <laughs> by example. <laughs> you know, if, you're, if, you're, if your wife is grumpy in the morning, it maybe she, you made her work too hard yesterday and she never had enough sleep. Do mm. more for your wife and help her out. You know what I mean? She might have a sore back. Massage her, whatever it takes. Look for reasons to give your wife happiness. And so what Man. Jesus is saying, unless it's divorce, Unless it's adultery by either part, there is no grounds for divorce. Ah, oh, we don't love each other anymore. The Bible says, "Love your enemies." Mm. You know, uh, so yeah, that verse applied to the marriage more than really enemy, huh? Yeah, you, you know, again, I don't want to say that we are condemning people who are divorced. And if you're divorced and um, and uh, you know you're going through a difficult time, I want to tell you, God can give you healing. You know, and Amen. then you need to speak to someone who's spiritual and godly who understands biblical principle that can help you through it. Amen. Um, you don't want ju- someone to justify your reasons that you might have done the wrong thing or not. Just listen to someone who's godly and let them pray with you. Mm. Amen. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Now, 
remember we started the story with a lot of people coming to Jesus and then the Pharisees are trying to take the attention away from those people to themselves because they thought, you know, they were not happy that all these people are listening to Jesus. Now, the next part of the story, which is uh, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16, listen to what it says. I mean, I mean, I was just looking at this chapter and this is this is I normally read this in Matthew chapter 19 so often because I use this in Bible studies, but mm. I'll read it just in 13 because I really like it. It says then, the Bible says in verse 13, then they brought little children to him. Now, who mm. are they? It's not the disciples, someone else, their mothers. I'm guessing it's the mums and the dads, right? But especially the mums. You know what mums are like. They want to bring their children all to the best places. Mm-hmm. Then they brought the little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them to him. Mm. Now, it sounds, <laughs> one minute the Pharisees are jealous because Jesus is taking their attention that they think they deserve. Now, the disciples are not maybe jealous, but they're trying to stop people coming to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bit, you know what I mean? And hang on, the disciples are with Jesus, right? Mm. They're thinking Jesus' job is too important for children. But I want to tell you, uh, if you're a child and listening to this, Jesus loves children. Amen. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. I, I want to. Just add something here, Chris. Mm. You know, I my children are not young. They're, no, they're I think, 15 and uh, uh, 18 and 21. I want to tell you, apart from my son, my children still come and sit on my lap. And uh, we still talk. And I just love when the children come to me. Amen. And when they come to me, they normally come for two reasons. Number one is I need they need to tell me something. <laughs> or they want me to tell them something. Mm. And... And they want to look inside my face and I want to see their face. You know, like there is something sweet about that moment. And when the children were little, they used to do the same thing. They would either come to me to tell me something or for me to tell them something. Either way, what they're really saying is I love to be close to your face and I love your face close to my face. Mm. You know what I mean? And now the little children came to Jesus for a reason they must have seen something in the face of Jesus. Their mothers must have seen something in the face of Jesus. There was something about the face of Jesus that drew, that really got the mothers to say, you know what, I want my children close to this guy. Amen. Right? And there was something. And let me tell you, you cannot, um, there's something about kids, right? Now, I like children, and I like to look in their eyes. Some police. And kids can, oh, it's just beautifulness. And they can tell when somebody likes them, right? Mm they can look in the eyes and, and feel like they were happy, right? And uh, then Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Now, if you if you think about it, why is it most people don't want to come to God? Think about it, Chris. What was the, What's the biggest reason? They might feel guilty and they might feel like uh, they will be get, get condemned. Yeah, I, I had I had the experience not too long ago speaking with someone, and they said, I, I don't know if I've committed a sin that God could not accept me. Mm. I'm praying, but I don't know if he's listening. Mm. <laughs> you know, the children said, yeah, I did the wrong thing, but I want to sit in my dad's lap. He's going to accept me anyway. Mm. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. The security and I'm, acceptance. They knew there was two things. Dads bring justice, right? Sorry, that was wrong. I'm telling you, stay in a corner or, you know, you get scolded or something, right? Mm. But they know 
that is also the place of joy and happiness. Amen. Right? And most people struggle to come to Jesus for the simple reason, has God really accepted me? Does he really care for me? Mm. Have I gone too far? Have I repeated the sin too often? Mm. You know, and now Jesus says something interesting. He says, you'll never receive salvation unless you understand it like the children. Now, what did the children understand? Jesus has a smile on his face. You know, in Psalm 51 verse 9, it says, hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities. Mm. We, don't, we don't want the face of God to look upon our sins. But here's the thing. Unless we bring our sins to Jesus and confess them, to God in the name of Jesus and confess them, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Mm. So the natural reflex of the parents bringing them to Jesus should be our quickest demand. Someone said to me once that no matter if you've lied or you've stolen or committed adultery, whatever it is that you've done, don't wait till God cools down. Because <laughs> mm. God's cool, man. You know, he's not, he's not waiting to cool down. Come to God and confess it as quickly as you can because he wants to get rid of that sin as quickly as he can. Amen. You know, come to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful, isn't it, right? Amen. It says here, Assuredly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. In other words, they love to come to Jesus. They came quickly. They sat on his lap. They brought his face close to their face. And they wanted to hear what Jesus has to say. Amen. And then, and the Bible says, what does he do? And he took them up in his arms and laid his hand on them and blessed them. Let's read it another way. Mm. And he took me when I came with him with my sins. And uh, he put me in his arms. He forgave me and he blessed me and he kissed me. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Chris, uh, this part of the scripture has two parts. One is people were trying to take, the Pharisees were trying to take the attention of Jesus uh, away from the people to themselves. And then the disciples, intending to do good, try to make Jesus so busy, so adulty, <laughs> so yeah. old, that he has no time for children. And, and we can see both were wrong. Mm. Jesus had a different Telling us. So I can tell you that this story reminds me of one thing. Number one, that uh, whoever Jesus touches, he changes. And just like a child can come to their dad or their mom mm. anytime and love them, we can come to Jesus in such an easy fashion. And, uh, and Jesus bless us. Amen, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Young, for joining our program today. We maybe have to close here today. Let's say it with a prayer. Father, we thank you for the time we can spend together uh, to come into the world to see how much you love us. And Father, you did present yourself as the Father who is a joy, uh, the fountain of joy to us. At the same time, uh, you have no way to cast out a sinner want to come to you to confess our sins. And Father, draw us close to you and show us your loving kindness. Then we can call your Father from the bottom of our heart. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris. God bless you. Thank you.